to Two Girls, One Podcast, your third best source of medical information on the internet, right behind WebMD and Joe Rogan. And now here are the only podcast hosts who turned down $100 million from Spotify on principle. Lindsay Ford and Allison Goldberg. Hi, everybody. I feel like I always start, so I was leaving a space for Allie to start. I know, but that can be edited out, so we should probably just start over this entire thing. Hey, I'm Allie. And I'm Lindsay. And welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. Where we explore stuff that's happening on the internet. Which is where all of life exists at this point since COVID. Oh, she said it. (laughs) How many more minutes? Are we there yet? (laughs) But here's the thing. It is. I will turn this podcast around. (laughs) Quiet. Quiet back there. It is evolving and changing into something more tolerable, like a guy you started dating that you weren't that into, but turns out is a really good cook. (laughs) You're not that into him, but you can hang around. We'll do it every year or so. I I guess I can live with this. No, I don't want. No, you just compared it to like dessert. What? I didn't say dessert. (laughs) He's good at savory dishes. So like. Mm, mm You know, COVID he meal. might be here forever. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. So we should just settle? <laughs> exactly. Okay. The message the is settle, settle for COVID. Settle. Settle for COVID. <laughs> cool. Well, speaking of settling for COVID, some people aren't settling for insulin. Isn't that just oh. where listeners thought we were going with this? It's you good, know, if you read Thank the description, you. maybe you. you had a oh, hint. That's true. Then maybe you did. You did know. But if you, you did didn't, know. surprise. Mm-hmm. I just like the idea that this podcast would come on randomly, like I'm listening to Bruno Mars in a playlist, and then all, all of a sudden, uh, this this episode just starts, and they don't have any idea what the context is. So we have to fill them in. It's critical, <laughs> right? That's you know, how Spotify well, works. Some people might be binging it, right? So they're not looking at the title. Mm, I hope yes. you are. I hope you're binging. I hope it's just like, boom, boom, boom. What are these bitches going to talk about next? Mm. And only <laughs> think the word bitches if you are not a straight man. We'll <laughs> allow the gays to have it, but otherwise it's kind of aggressive. <laughs> well, yeah, but like if we're friends, like if there's like a true parasocial relationship, like you can call me whatever you want. That's how I feel. I don't feel that way, so don't do that to me. Okay, but you slap me whatever you want, because I can't hear you in your car or wherever the fuck you're binging this, or just like at home because nobody leaves their house anymore. I can hear you. She can hear your thoughts. (laughs) I watch you while you sleep. As a straight white man, Mm -hmm. I would like to ask your opinions on the word binches. What, What are we doing with that? Rhymes We're sitting with on them at the park. Bird watching oh, okay. or bitch watching? Which one <laughs> okay. is it? But isn't, isn't that a, isn't that slang for? Isn't that a, a way to say? 
Well, there's no, like benches. Bench, there's bench. also like a lot of stuff that I think has benches. come up in order to get under the radar. I think for... it's bench like fetch, but maybe okay. bench is a new thing that I don't know. Uh, yeah, okay. no, I think maybe I've I'm, heard what it. Do I know? But and really? no, I think some of it's to get uh, to uh, not get flagged as using mm. a curse. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I curse you, bench. <laughs> what? I would like for people to aggressive, aggressively call me a strong, independent woman. Get out of my oh. face, you strong, independent woman. <laughs> That's what I would love. Oh, my God. If a guy angrily said that to me, I would have his babies. <laughs> okay. You heard it here. But I do. I think all curse words are kind of fun. Words are fun sometimes. So I get it. Yeah, once again, you heard it here. Words are fun sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Put it on a t-shirt. Yeah. Words are fun sometimes. Speaking of oh words. Gosh. What? What were you going to say? What? Speaking of words, Wordle. Have you been playing it? I just started. I'm quite confused I by it. I also just started. I started yesterday. I've played twice and I fucking crushed it. Ooh. Nice. How many times did you I've get? I've played it twice. In my first time ever, I got it on the third guess. And in my second wow. time ever, I got it on the fourth guess. So I might be a fuck genius guys yeah well, i could see you being very good at wordle i, 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 could, be, I could see it being your jam but you would like it too. jen is be still my it. jam but thank you <laughs> <laughs> i i have played this is my uh, day three for me and i i have so many questions first of all like does everyone in the world get the same word or people get yes. different words based on how but many days word. they've been playing Okay. Same word. Okay. Same word every day. I do love that people are obsessed with this brain teaser. Like, this is something on the internet that I think is actually almost like doing Sudoku. Like, it's not totally shit for your brain. I feel like otherwise a lot of the internet is shit for your brain. The internet. Mm. Welcome. Welcome to the internet. It's shit for your brain. (laughs) Yeah. I also think that the words are a lot simpler than what I'm thinking they're going to be. (laughs) Like, I'm guessing, like, complicated words, and they're not. Yeah, I'm worried it's going to start to be like Scrabble kind of words where it's like a Scrabble word, but like nobody has really heard of it. But I've only played two days. In my experience, it seems like, no, they're all very straightforward, basic words. Mm -hmm. Speaking of words, let's get back to insulin. Mm-hmm. It's also a word that... Ooh, is that a five-letter word? It, no. Is it the wordle of the day? It is not the wordle of the day, but it is the wordle of this day for us at this podcast. Oh, brief, briefly, uh, <laughs> a, a temporal note from your friendly editor here. This episode probably won't publish uh, for a couple of weeks. So listeners, if Wordle is already over and we look like elderly people <laughs> being like, have you heard of this wordle? That's the reason this was recorded long ago. Please continue. Insulin. It's seven letters, and and even more letters is fuck you, pharma. <laughs> and hey. um, they're making it real expensive. And some some groups online are, like, hacking it and coming up with new forms of insulin. Don't quote me on that because we don't have our expert here yet, and I probably said that incorrectly, but soon I will be corrected. I love it. I mean, I love biohacking is that right is this correct i don't know in a way that helps everyone they're like the robin hoods of medicine mm, i like that it's yeah. so sad how fucked up our healthcare system is i think it everyone really listening is. probably knows that and we don't need to go into that depressing tangent and it'll probably come up in the interview but hot damn it's pretty bad yeah but this is sort of like an open source drug 
manufacturing, not manufacturing, but development situation, development or creating the recipe for insulin in an open source way, as opposed to a, I don't know if you could, you could probably patent drugs, but like yeah, proprietary. the old way, the pharma, the proprietary pharma way. And that is, uh, that is extraordinary. And there were some headlines recently that said that they did it, they succeeded. So, uh, so I'm excited to, to learn more about this today. Oh, hell yeah. As someone who has multiple family members with type two diabetes, I think that's good and important. Also, I just got tricked today into training for a half marathon, which I've literally never wanted to do in my whole life. (laughs) Still don't want to do, but yeah, I don't want to do it. And so I haven't gotten tricked into it. Yeah, but my friend said there's wine at the end. So you can just have wine. Um, Allie. (laughs) Guys, I'm doing this thing called um, Dry Ever, which is where I quit drinking forever. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. Anywho, um, one of my best friends from home and one of my best friends from college both got diabetes as adults. So I'm excited (gasps) to send them this episode. Oh, yeah, also I thought that, you were going to say excited to not get diabetes because you're not drinking anymore. No, is that, does that cause <laughs> diabetes? Well, I'm not drinking because of, the... of insomnia, long-time listeners, no. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, mm-hmm, I know. Mm-hmm. No, actually, none of the people in my family who have diabetes, well, that's not true, none of them, but, like, my dad doesn't drink and my grandpa doesn't drink, so mm. it's not drinking, clearly. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know. I think there's genetic predisposition. Yeah, um, for sure. I think there's a lot of sugar in America and bad things in the diets. I've heard about them. (laughs) I think a lot of it is genes, though, which is why I'm scared because my dad is super Which is why I only wear sweatpants. Oh, Ah, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Uh, on that note, it's time for trivia. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Which I would like to formally for petition it? that it gets changed to Wordle. It, yeah, I'm all right. How we'll just we, call we it Wordle partner up with for Wordle. you. Okay. Right. Yeah, all right. Today's, <laughs> today's Wordle is, did you know that the modern insulin pump has its roots in NASA <gasps> spaceflight technology? Did you know that? No. The systems that monitor... Uh, NASA astronauts, their vital signs on space missions in the 1970s were later adapted to civilian and medical uses of a space age insulin pump. Uh, And this reminded me of the age old discussion that we tend to hear, especially lately with the uh, the James Webb telescope. Oh, why do we spend money on space exploration? You know, what's the point of that? And uh, if if scientific curiosity is not enough to satisfy that answer, uh, there are many, many, uh, I think they're called like spin-off technologies from NASA R&D that we use every day and take for granted in our uh, normal life. Some of them are life-saving technologies like the insulin pump. So I'm going to give you three examples of amazing technology that we take for granted today. One of these was made possible through NASA research and development. The other two were invented the old-fashioned way on the boring old Earth. Which of these has its roots with NASA R&D? Is it A, the Dust Buster, the portable cordless vacuum brought to market in 1979 was made possible by optimizing drill motors used in extracting core samples from below the lunar surface. So moon drills gave us portable vacuums. That's choice A. Is it choice B, the iPhone? Perhaps you've heard of that. 
debuted by Steve Jobs in 2007, kicking off the smartphone revolution, changing the world forever was made possible by the high refresh rate screens used to monitor the precise trajectories of spacecraft back at mission control, where if you were off by even milliseconds, that could be dangerous to astronauts. So super fast screens led to smartphones, that is choice B, or is it C, 80s music, the sound profiles on the Moog synthesizers from the 60s and later Korg, Roland, and Yamaha all use sine waveforms that could not be created digitally until they were quote-unquote invented by accident when a NASA radio transmitter malfunctioned in 1962. As technology matured in the late 70s and 80s, these interesting sounds became easier to reproduce in digital instruments, so you can thank NASA for bands like Tears for Fears, Depeche Mode, Duran Duran, Devo, and many more. I want that one. God, I want that one. You just said so many fucking words, like words, 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 but it wasn't wordle, as fun wordle, as Wordle. wordle. What? Okay. <laughs> I was waiting I for was a very C, fun. all of the above, and a D, none mm, of the above. Didn't come, didn't happen this time. One of them. Lindsay's going with 80s music because she wants it to be true. Yeah. All right, Lindsay's going with C, and uh, I like that one too, but I'm just going to diversify and uh, just completely randomly choose B. Actually, I'm going to go with baby AA. I'm going to go with A. (laughs) Do you even remember what that choice was? I I remember. I don't. It was was a vacuum cleaner, some of the vacuums, but I'm going to go with A. All right, great. The Dustbuster, Allie chooses A. We will find out what technology came out of NASA R&D when we come back. Thank you all for listening, but thank these people the most for donating at the $10 or more level to our Patreon, patreon.com slash 2G1P. We would love to wish happiness and health upon Wesley Cordell, Jerry Duran, Jessica Fox, Kathy Phillips, Matthew Scott, Melissa Elliott, William, and Allison. I feel like Wesley gets... Uh, a jip because your name is always first, Wesley, and then we get all excited and get all goofy for later ones. So maybe next week, <laughs> next week we're gonna say your name last. Think about it. But Wesley also donates at the level at which we send him voice memos. So Wesley is fucking mm, rocking out. Yay! Heart your face. And now a real post from Cambridge, Massachusetts. On the website that's just like Facebook, but somehow worse. Next door, courtesy of Best of Next Door. Hi, everyone. My girlfriend insists on idling her car for more than the legal time limit to warm it up in the morning. Am I wrong to call the police? I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean... Two birds, one stone, because they will break up, you know? I was Mm. about to say, it might be cheaper than divorce. Mm. And she's a criminal. She's she's, she's a criminal. Like, you can't just... (laughs) You can't just... hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we're all on the same page there. And let's see if we're on the same page about the trivia. I got the page right here, trivia page, lots of stuff. I got the page right here, his name is Paul Revere, and there's a guy who says if the weather's clear, can do, can do, can do. 
uh, do yeah. not name the musical, but uh, we 50 points to fifty points to any listener who can name that musical in our Discord. Uh, come on in. The link's in the show notes. Okay. Lots of cool stuff comes out of NASA R&D, including the insulin pump. Uh, what else came out of it? Uh, Ali chose the Dust Buster, portable vacuum based on drill technology uh, from the lunar surface. Nobody chose the the dear old iPhone, uh, which truly did kick off the smartphone revolution uh, in 2007. Or was it C, 80s music synthesizer sounds came from a malfunctioning radio in the 60s. Are you prepared to learn the correct answer? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Ground control to Major Tom. It was the Dust Buster. Oh, wow. Oh, well, you did it. Baby A takes the cake. She got it. <laughs> For the Apollo space missions, NASA required a portable self-contained drill uh, for extracting core samples. And and this was sort of a public-private partnership, which is how a lot of these technologies are developed, apparently. Black & Decker was tasked with the job of optimizing the drill so that they could take it out onto the moon. Uh, Obviously, there's no place to plug it in when you get out there. And uh, the Dust Buster was born later. Interestingly, uh, the CMOS image sensor, CMOS, which is the foundation for all modern digital cameras and smartphone cameras, is also thanks to NASA technology. Um, So we would not have smartphone cameras the way they exist today without the CMOS, but the uh, the screen thing was just something I made up. Amazing. Amazing. Right. Well, CMOS. I'm excited to receive my prize that I've never received. Great. Your prize is your our company, Allison. Mm. Okie dokie. Well, is our guest here? It's time. Mm-hmm. Anthony DeFranco. I don't know if he's related to Ani, but I promise to ask. That's all I can think about. I know. I know. We'll ask. We'll ask. Both hands. Please use both hands. Okay. <laughs> he is the president and founder of the Open Insulin Project. Welcome, Anthony. Thank you for having me. Well, first of all, I mean, are you related to Ani DeFranco? Uh, I don't believe so. What? <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, can you tell us how you first had this idea and what the, you know, inspiration behind this project was? It was a confluence of a number of factors. The main one is probably that. I myself have type 1 diabetes. My entire uh, family and many people in my extended family have type 2 diabetes. I got it my last semester of college. I initially was pretty interested in the work on closed-loop control of blood glucose with insulin pumps. Many people refer to this sort of technology as an artificial pancreas. And it's it's kind of one of the one of the holy grails of how you would treat diabetes. It alleviates a lot of the burden of having to pay attention to what your blood sugar is and how much insulin to take at any given time. The other component of that is a sensor that would read your blood glucose and provide that as one of the key inputs to the algorithm that's determining how much insulin to give you at any given time. How does insulin currently work and how much does it cost? Insulin is a hormone that is the limiting factor in your body admitting glucose into fat and muscle cells, which is what basically the fundamental thing that your body needs to use energy from food. 
So basically, diabetics can't use food to create energy. Is that right? Broadly speaking, yes. You can get a little bit of, of energy at a very low rate through other pathways, but if you don't have any insulin at all, you're wasting away, basically. And I, I think I read that that's what used to happen, right? That people with diabetes would like literally just starve before insulin. Is that right? Yeah, it's, it's a lot like starvation turning into skin and bones and almost all the energy that you're consuming is just being turned into sugar and you're peeing it out. Mm. Gotcha. And so how much does insulin currently cost? The list prices are now generally above $300 a vial for the state-of-the-art forms, which have been around for a few decades now. And how many vials would a type 1 diabetes person need per day or per week? That varies, but a typical amount would be like one or two vials a week. Wow. Wow. For example, I had a lapse in my insurance coverage several years ago when I was in graduate school. I got the bill for everything I needed for a month, and I actually saw it, and it was about $2,400 for a month. $2,400 for a month if you're uninsured. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, which is insane. And how much does it cost even if you are insured? Because I hear it's still pretty high. Well, that depends a lot. So if you have a decent plan, you might only have to pay dollars $50. $50. Okay. But, you know, not every plan is good. Oh, I'm aware. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you may know that. <laughs> yeah. And what happens if someone cannot afford their insulin that month? What, what, what are the coping strategies that people currently use? You stop paying your rent and you get your insulin. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, I've heard that people start skipping meals. Is that oh, God. accurate? Is Yeah. So if you reduce your intake of insulin and food together, you can kind of stretch your insulin supply. That is very tricky to do because, you know, you're taking your body outside of the regime that it's been operating in. If you take too much, your blood sugar is going to go too low and you could pass out or have a seizure. You could take too little insulin, in which case in both the short term and the long term, there are serious health consequences. So it's not great. It's not great. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. not great and it's expensive. And can you tell us about like um, Big Pharma has a bit of a stranglehold on this? There are only three manufacturers of insulin that have any significant global market share right now. Among them, they control over 95% of the supply, I believe. They have been increasing their list prices in near synchrony by almost the exact same amount every few months for decades now. So, you know, that's wrapped up in these deeply pathological uh, economic systems around producing and distributing medicine, like the you know supply chain that involves insurance companies and pharmacy benefits managers and pharmacies and manufacturers all interacting in ways that are mostly secret and doing rebates and kickbacks back and forth. You put it all together, the incentives uh, have worked out such that the price just keeps going up. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So now we're kind of back to your project and, and how you're trying to address basically this price gouging of a life-saving medicine. We talked about what the list price is, but the cost to actually manufacture it is much, much lower. Most studies of the cost of manufacturing it have found it to be between $1 and $5 a vial, which is obviously much less than $300 a vial. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. By just a bit. You do the math. Don't trust me uh -huh. on that. Um, <laughs> oh, 
ca- I'm sorry, I'm carry the three. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, man. I got my calculator wow. out. In our group, we looked at producing it not at a massive industrial scale that it is usually produced at, but at a very small scale that was similar to the lab that we were working in. And it's also roughly the same scenario that is used for producing small batches of drugs for clinical trials and academic research. Uh, even in that kind of a setting, it seemed to be about $7 a vial. So so it could be made much cheaper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's clear that the bottleneck here is not the cost of manufacturing it, and it's not the cost of manufacturing it in a way that it is safe and reliable. It is just the rest of this supply chain that is the main source of that inflated cost. So you are essentially crowdsourcing an alternative. Is that correct? You could say that um, a lot of what we're doing is, you know, we're relying on things like crowdfunding to fund the research and development that we're doing. Ultimately, there are intentions and still uh, pretty loose plans to set up a, a kind of network of small scale producers that could build on the technology that we're developing and could operate in the same way that small scale producers are already operating in those other areas that I mentioned, like, you know, clinical trials and stuff. And there's an intention that those organizations would be directly under the ownership and control of the people using the medicine so that there's less of a danger that we get into the kinds of problems that we're seeing now. So can you walk us through what are what exactly are you guys creating together? There seems to be a community behind this. This is an open source project. So if you could just explain to our listeners, like, what is happening on the ground? The main thing that we're working on is developing the tools to make insulin. So one of the key parts of that is microbes that have been engineered to produce insulin. Usually you don't directly produce insulin, but, you know, we have a system where we have yeast that has been engineered to produce a precursor protein and another strain of yeast that has been engineered to produce an enzyme that converts that into the mature form of insulin. That's, you know, one example. We have another type of insulin that is doing something similar in E. coli. So it's really just taking fairly well-established techniques and keeping an eye on the details so that we don't run afoul of patents. So it's volunteers working on creating these new processes. Is that correct? Almost everyone who has worked on this project, including myself, for almost all the time it's been going, has been a volunteer. Gotten a lot of people from academic science. We're doing it on the side. I got a couple grants. I got one for myself for six whole months to work on it last year. And our lead scientist, Jan, worked off of a grant. But for the most part, it's all volunteers. I think we're just mostly curious here at Two Girls, One Podcast, like how is the community helping each other solve problems? Before COVID, you know, in the before times, we were working mostly in person and we would have a kind of open open lab days where you could just come in and people could come in and could get acquainted and we could just kind of figure it out face to face. After COVID, we had to, you know, shut down the lab and then just gradually reopen it and a lot of things moved online and a lot of it really boils down to doing the bench work to get the research and development done. You know, sharing their questions with each other and we have a network of people that uh, includes people with a lot of experience. We're able to establish some ties with a potential 
manufacturing partner in Baltimore that's also a nonprofit that's focused on addressing urgent medical needs that aren't met. And we have this mix of, of kind of online and offline troubleshooting that is at the core of, of really what the day-to-day -day work of our organization is. What are the kinds of things that the community is voicing and how are they communicating that to you via web avenues or digital avenues? So we don't uh, interact a whole lot with established online communities, really. Okay, so you have like your own rogue community, is that right? <laughs> yeah, it's like we've we've kind of collected a lot of the people who didn't fit in. And that's kind of what biohacking is in practice is it's a lot of people who don't fit in to the academic or corporate worlds. We're kind of a, a certain subspecies of that. If anyone is confused about biohacking, I'd like to direct you to episode 124 of Two Girls, One Podcast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's nice amazing that you had that at the ready. I mean, I pulled it up just now. But anyway, <laughs> so can you tell us a bit about like, because this is sort of, this is interesting, like where diabetes people and biohackers kind of intersect. So where are those people hanging out online? You were saying, you know, that it's the people who didn't fit into those other communities. So how are you finding each other? I have seen a lot of people on Twitter. That seems to be a really kind of heavily advocacy focused group of people. I haven't really found anywhere a whole lot of people who were really loud and proud about just taking matters into our own hands and getting things done. There is a really significant project along those lines that was not just an inspiration, but also a source of some practical ideas about how we should proceed, which is the uh, open APS and DIY APS people. So APS stands for artificial pancreas system. After decades of uh, academic and corporate research on how to do this that didn't yield anything that people could use, some people got together online you know, maybe half a dozen uh, leaders and possibly a few dozen other core contributors to these projects. They got together, they reverse engineered the communications protocols on the sensors and the pumps and wrote the control algorithms from scratch, did that in the span of a few years and now have what I think and what many people think is still the leading system for closed loop uh, glucose control. Sadly, uh, still a fairly exceptional uh, of a way to to grapple with a problem like this, but I think it is the right way and it is the way that we're trying to go about it with open insulin as well, which is to just get it done. What are the next steps in open insulin's goal of getting affordable insulin to the people that need it? Right now, we're focusing on getting the technology to make insulin to a point where we can organize efforts to to make it using that technology. Once we've got that all packaged up, we're looking to you know, partner with at least one existing manufacturer and also uh, organize other local groups will be uh, owned and managed in large part by the people using the medicine to make the medicine itself. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming by and, and sharing all of this with us. and. Obviously, more power to you. 
and down with big pharma. <laughs> yeah, here's to that. I'm going to have a swig of insulin. <laughs> yeah. I have tasted it. It's 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 got character. Yeah. <laughs> and we just want to go ahead and say we do not recommend drinking your insulin, people. It's very expensive. Just buy some whiskey. <laughs> you heard it here. It all sounds really interesting, and I hope more people do this kind of thing. It seems like it has to be born out of, you know, an extreme need by the community as opposed to, you know, companies taking it upon themselves to just help people, which why would I expect that to happen? That's obviously (laughs) never happened ever. So, duh. But as someone with a really extreme allergy who needs an EpiPen, the fact that EpiPens are so expensive is absolutely insane. Yeah, they should like that as well, for sure. Yeah. After this, maybe they can hack health insurance because mine's 400 bucks a month. Whoa. Mm. What? Jesus, Why? Yeah. Well, it was going up to 400 a month on Oscar, and so then I went back to the marketplace for Covered California, and I got it down to $342 a month, so. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Saving tons of cash. That's crazy is yours not because you don't have it through an employer either no i have oscar but it's it's not which plan do you have we'll have to decide <laughs> no mine was going mine was I'm going low, up to yes yeah, see i i mean i don't need much but like i don't know i got my insomnia doctors and shit and i just gotta <gasps> right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah you so need to get that I wasn't covered. on the gold, but that was just the silver plan was going up to 400 bucks a month i'm, I'm bronze i'm yeah, bronze man it's insane Insane. Yeah. So if people could somehow hack that, I don't know how, but I know how. Universal health care. Yeah. Divert funds from the military. (laughs) Divert funds from militarized police forces around the country. Hey. Hey, but maybe they need tanks though. No. Did you ever think of that? You don't think so? No. No, I just fucking G.I. Joe and let them live out their dreams at home (laughs) without killing someone. What's better than tanks? More tanks. tanks. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) uh, Oh, my God. I'm just going to say this and then we can get out of here. But like (laughs) the police department that exclusively covers school districts got a tank in L.A. We need to stop this. That's insane. Yes. That's insane. We need to stop this. And that's yeah. not exactly accurate. I'm paring it down, but still, it's crazy. Well, th- this has been a blast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in, and uh, good luck out there. Make love, uh, <laughs> not war. Bye. You can find us on social media. I'm at ALLI underscore G-O-L-D-I, and... I'm at the Lindsay Life across all platforms. Uh, you can also join our Discord, discord.gg slash 2G1P. Please, please, please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash 2G1P. You can also call no us. No amount is too small. That is true. Uh, or too yep, large. You can, you can do Lindsay size <laughs> or Jen size, and it's great. Um, so you can also leave us a voicemail. That number is 347 871 That number again, 347-871-6LIT. And you can leave a review mm. on your podcast oh platform gosh, of choice. Wow. Please do that. Like Sarah P. Murphy, mm-hmm. a five-star review over there on Apple Podcasts. She says, hilarious and super smart. Such fantastic, weird, and weirdly thoughtful conversations and interviews makes you laugh. 
and makes you think, what else do you need in life? Highly recommended. You'll thank me. Oh, wow. Thanks, Sarah Murphy. Oh, my God. Thank you. Also, that is true that if you take a minute to review, you you might be like, oh, I've never left a review. Why does this matter? It actually helps the algorithms surface us. So please, please, please take the time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify has just released a review system finally. So please review us. You can also email us to g1podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and you can find us on Facebook if you still go on Facebook, Two Girls, One Podcast. The only reason why I ever go on it now is to check to see um, if anyone's posted. So I will chime in and say hello, but otherwise, fuck Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Is this going well? <laughs> How's this going? All right. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Two Girls, One Podcast is hosted by Allison Goldberg and Lindsay Ford. Then reverse engineered and sold for a fraction of the cost. I mean produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Additional editing and a very special thanks to Avital Ayler. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.